Hey everybody, this episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast is brought to you by Order of the Hexagon. That's at Order of the Hex on Twitter, as well as orderofthehexagon.com. Enjoy the show! It's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror Christmas movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode I delve in the world of terrible horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrible movies. If you've made a horror movie on your phone or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get? When your same-named film is the better film about a man being turned into a snowman? Why, then you get the film Jack Frost. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast. And, of course, it's now... Well, yeah, I guess of this recording, it's now December. So, we're going to look at some horrible Christmas movies. Uh, and thank you once again, just like you heard at the top. Uh, Order of the Hexagon, you guys were follower 1000, and you know who that is. Okay, first off, I've got to say... Uh, that's the horror review site that some friends of mine are trying to put together, and they decided that they were going to be, uh, follower number 1000, uh, because they wanted me to watch, well, Jack Frost 2, and I thought, well, I had an idea I wanted to do for the Christmas time, and why just do Jack Frost 2 when I can do both Jack Frost movies. So, I am blaming them entirely for me having to watch both of these movies, even though the first one is my idea, and the second one is, of course, their idea. So, uh, yeah, and it's not the Jack Frost that uh, you all might know. Now, I know there's some people out there that actually know the one that I'm talking about, and that's the one about the killer snowman. No, we're going to go into the one with Michael Keaton and how he's a really bad dad and Ah, yeah, I get it. I'm fooling you. Uh, You probably saw that joke a fucking mile away. But it's true. There are two films, and they really come out, like, right after each other. And funny enough, this is actually the one that came out first. The one about the killer mutant snowman is the first Jack Frost that came out uh, the year before. This came out in 97, and the one with Michael Keaton being a bad fucking father being turned into a snowman uh, came out in 98. Now, I've seen the Michael Keaton one, and I think that that is a much scarier film than this. Even the puppet was done much better than in this one as well. I mean, yeah, he didn't have certain appendages that were certain household items or anything like that. So, I mean, for those that have seen the other one, um, yeah, I feel sorry for you too. I mean, I should have never seen it, and I had to see it as a kid, and... You should have never seen it. And it's funny when I think back on this film, because I would always go into the movie rental store, and I would see it there sitting on the shelf, and I always thought, man, one of these days I should rent this film. And 
I never did. <laughs> it always just kind of eluded me. I always thought, man, I don't know. Killer Snowman? Can this be any good? I mean, oh, look. Demon Child 666. That's got to be a much better movie because that's got a fucking demon in it. And, oh, God, I really should have chosen. Oh, Death Factory. I'll go with that. No, no, maybe I should have chosen Jack Frost instead of that movie as well. It's just one of those movies that's evaded me for a long time. And, like I said, I really wanted to do the first one before I did the second one. Since I've never seen it. Uh, And, hell, why not? Why not make this Christmas? Last Christmas was about Krampus. The year before was about Santa Claus. Well, kind of. I mean, one was about Santa Claus. The other one had Santa Claus in it. Uh, But let's make this one about Killer Snowman. And the same Killer Snowman. And we get to see the whole arc of the character, right? From creation to possibly how he comes back to life. Uh, I'm really interested in that. Uh, And they even hinted at it at the end of this film. Spoiler alert. Uh, And then getting to see how, you know, he ultimately goes away and how he ultimately dies. And the only thing that I could say about both of these films is that, surprisingly enough, the main character actually shows up in both. And... Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of dreading Jack Frost too, to be honest with you. That looks like like if you look at the two films, and I know this is getting way ahead of myself, but if you look at the two, like just by trailers, go watch the Jack Frost trailer and then go watch the Jack Frost two trailer. This looks like a movie. That looks like somebody shot it on like a handheld home camera, and, and not one of those ones that was like you know, or like the ones we have nowadays where. Well, fuck it. For the most part, it's a lot of people's phones. Uh, Or they're nice little compact video recording cameras. No, I'm talking about the old ones that you had to, like, lug around almost like you were a fucking cameraman for a TV show. I'm talking about those ones that actually had the ones that would open up on the side so you could put the goddamn VHS tape inside. It looks like it was just shot on a shoestring budget. And this was, like, fucking Gone with the Wind or something like that. Like, they gave them enough money to do this whole thing. And that one was just kind of a cash cow. Which, eh, thinking about it, came out about five years later from a company I've never really heard of. So, well, I'm sure we'll get more into that film when we do talk about Jack Frost, too. But I'm here to talk about Jack Frost. The original. The better of the two Jack Frost films. Yes, I said it. This is the better Jack Frost film. And I'm not talking about, like, cartoons or whatever the fuck is out there. There's probably, like, five other fucking Jack Frost movies. But this is the one that I'm going to compare to uh, as being the better one, this one and the Michael Keaton one. So, without further ado, let's begin the film. And it really just starts out with a... I don't know. I think it's a a niece and an uncle talking. Because she says Uncle Harry at one point. Uh, And she wants him to tell her a story. And she's really fucking annoying. Oh my god. I would just be like, no, get your ass to bed and I'm fucking going. Uh, And he does oblige her. But he does ask what type of story she wants. Uncle Henry, tell me a story. No, it's late. Go to bed. Santa will be here soon. No, I want a story. All right, all right. You want a happy story? Or do you want a scary story? I want a happy, scary story. Happy, scary story? Yeah. Fine. Once upon a time, there lived a man by the name... By the name of Jack Frost. Jack Frost? That's right. 
like in the song Jack Frost nipping at your nose. <laughs> Only this guy did it for real. You know how regular folk get up in the morning, eat something, then hurry off to do whatever for the day? Uh-huh. Well, Jack would get up, eat something, then hurry off and kill someone. Because that's what he did. He killed people. He'd stick knives in their faces and cut out their tummies and stamp on their heads till their brains got all runny. Hey, 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 you wanted a story. You got a story. Uh, Okay. That's right, you whiny little fucking bitch. You wanted a story. You got a fucking story. I'm going to tell you one of the worst fucking stories I know about one that comes around and how maybe Uncle Henry here is actually fucking Jack Frost. I'm going to rip out your fucking throat. And that's how we're going to start the movie. But no. Eh, it doesn't really start that way. Well, he continues to talk about Jack Frost and give us a little bit about his sword past. Some said that Jack was a ghost, that he was already dead and could walk through walls or vanish into thin air. Ooh. Truth is, he never stayed in one place long enough to be caught. See, Jack was smart. Uh-huh. He'd drift into a town, blend in, puree a few of the locals, then just drift off to someplace else that needed a little social pruning. Any towns that had too many little girls that looked just like you. But they did catch him, didn't they, Uncle Henry? Well, for five years, through 11 states and 38 deaths. Jack was nimble, Jack was quick. Jack gouged eyes with candlesticks and smashed in skulls with sticks and stones. Used iron bars to crush their bones so he could hide his kills in tiny places. And he wouldn't have to see their faces. Uncle Henry! That is, until the pies. Okay, wait, so now he's fucking become Sweeney Todd? Like, he's just going around killing people and putting them in fucking pies? And, you know, I'm glad for Uncle Henry here, because something that seems like it's off the top of his head, he's able to rhyme pretty goddamn well. I mean, everything just looks like, oh, we're going to talk about wicks, and that rhymes with candlesticks, and then we're going to talk about knives, and how it's going to give you hives, and then we're going to talk about dick, and how it gives you... No, we're not going to talk about dick with your niece, okay? You're just going to talk about killing people and trying to scare her, but she doesn't seem that scared, really, until he starts talking about the pies. I mean, did he just wake up one day and decided, you know what, I'm kind of fucking bored of just killing people and then moving along? Here, I got this job at this bakery, and you know what would be great? If I grind the people up and put them in the pie. I mean, there's no real revenge involved in this whole thing. It's just me killing people for fun and fucking baking them. No Nobody's going to realize that my victims are actually in my pies until that one where they get the severed finger because I didn't grind it right. Or there's going to be a ring that's missing. Maybe get an earring. Oh, this one has a tooth filling. Nobody's ever going to fucking catch me. Well, guess what, motherfucker? Pies? Yeah. Little bits of people started turning up in Mrs. Puddle's pecan pies all over the Midwest. Fingertips. Eyelids. Earlobes. Some say that Jack had got sloppy, or that deep down he really wanted to be caught. Others said that it made the pies taste better. Bottom line, Jack had made his first mistake. Authorities knew where he worked. Within a week, they'd traced his car, and then it was just a matter of time before he was caught, tried, and sentenced to die. In fact, right at this very moment, Jack is being taken to his place of execution. His story should end at midnight but the fun's just about to begin so why don't you go to bed and have sweet sweet dreams 
So once Uncle Henry has finished telling the story, it fades into the snowy, snowy night. And we see that there is a... It kind of looks like an extermination truck. See, there's some truck that's driving down the road, and it's got, like, Christmas decorations on it. But it's the state execution vehicle. And I've never really heard of a state execution vehicle having it written on the side of the goddamn van. But that is where Jack is kept. See, he's being transported to be killed uh, somewhere far off, and he's going through the town of Snowmountain. Uh, It's basically Snow Mountain, but... The way that it's spelled, it's I probably mispronounced it as well, but and that's the town where he was caught, which is really weird because I thought he was caught because he was putting people into pies, but they're going to tell you something completely different in just a second. And then as we see the truck kind of drive by, and it's an extremely snowy night, we focus in on two guards that are driving the vehicle. Tell you something. Murdering bastard Jack Frost in here is one lucky son of a bitch. Lucky? He's being executed in 30 minutes. Yeah, at least he doesn't have to drive back to this crap. Deep fried Jack served at midnight! (laughs) So he's lucky that he's going to die and not have to drive in the snow? What kind of fucking weird-ass logic bullshit is that? I mean, come on. If you really love what you're doing, you really don't want to die, and that includes killers, too. And it's obvious that he loved killing. I mean, he had gone over, what they say, like five years of killing across six different states with a trail of 38 bodies. It's crazy. Why would he want to stop fucking killing and just be fucking killed? Oh, well, you know what? I'm getting killed tonight, but at least I'm not going to have to drive in the snow like these two dumb fucks have to. And it's a really cheesy setup screen. I mean, you can tell literally that they got like a wheel, a glass windshield, and they moved a windshield wiper back and forth. Like, I don't even feel like they're really inside of a car, but, you know, maybe they are. We go into the back of this state-sponsored execution vehicle, and we meet Jack Frost as a human and he's got a big old scar on the side of his face he's got crazy eyes and he's asking the guy that's in the back with him if he can have a smoke the guy tells him no he can't have one he's like what are you gonna do and then we go back over the people in the front of the vehicle and they explained how he screwed up hey jack we just crossed the snowmonton county line and this is where you screwed up screwed up years the FBI was chasing this overgrown piece of shit across like half a dozen states and this backwater sheriff plays hero for five minutes and takes all the glory (laughs) ain't that how it happened Jack almost got away with it didn't you Barb Barb everything okay back there Harv So that voice you hear at the end is not Harv, but Jack, after he's killed him. See, he should have given him that fucking cigarette or else he wouldn't be dead in the back of the damn car. And so they keep driving. 
and they start to lose some of the visibility that they have in front of them. It switches then to a genetic struct that's bringing something, and he's busy pouring himself a fucking cup of coffee while he's driving on a really snowy night where you can barely see two inches in front of your face. It keeps cutting back and forth and back and forth, and you know something's going to happen, and to the point, both cars lightly touch each other, I think out of dramatic effect, but it kind of is comedic at the same time because it's like two glasses cheering, and it really reminds me of how Reese's came together. I mean, you had a chocolate truck and a a peanut butter truck, and they both crashed into each other, and then it made delicious peanut butter chocolate little confectionaries, and then that was there for everyone to see. But instead, this time, we have them crash with that guy and create a giant fucking mess. Uh, The only guy to survive is the driver that was doing most of the talking, And he comes out and he sees that somehow Jack Frost has survived the accident too. And he's fucking Houdini because he was able to get out of all the fucking cuffs that held him down. Well, first he was able to get out enough to kill the guy, right? And then he's able to get out of everything because he starts dangling him in front of the other officer's face. (laughs) Looks like deep fried Jack's off the menu for tonight, huh? Jesus Christ. Now, we can do this the easy way, or we can... This is gonna hurt. And what you hear there is the sound of the other tanker truck opening up and some weird grayish liquid come and completely cover Jack Frost and melt him in what seems like five seconds. Like he goes through the stages of degradation until he melts completely into the snow and then we cut over to see uh, how exactly he got caught. Well... Before that, though, we actually meet Sam, the sheriff that caught Jack back, I guess, a little while ago. I don't really know the time frame for everything, but it seems like it was relatively close. At least his stay of execution wasn't very long, uh, and he was basically going to be killed right away. So he's driving with his family, he keeps looking down at the clock, and eventually hits midnight, but he's still, in the back of his mind, worried that, I guess, Jack is going to come after him. His wife reassures him, it's past midnight, they've killed him, and you don't have to worry about it. Then he starts thinking back into the past to the point that he actually caught Jack. I thought he caught Jack because Jack was putting people into pies. You know, now you're telling me that what caught Jack was that he was driving down the road and he got pulled over by Officer fucking Sam. That's it. Sam was in the right place at the right fucking time to pull him over to basically get him to, uh, you know, give in. Like, he doesn't even put up a fucking fight. He just, like, he's pointing the gun at him and he's like, get on your knees. And he's like, okay, I'll get on my knees and do all this other stuff. And I guess I'm captured. But if you're some big badass fucking killer, wouldn't you figure out how to not get the cop to shoot you? And, I mean, come on. If Javier Bardem can do this in fucking No Country for Old Men, fucking Jack Frost, who's a bigger killer than he is, supposedly, could fucking take Sam down. He's just a timid little thing that keeps thinking about what the last words that Jack actually said to him. That's right, Sheriff. You take a good long look at this face. Because the next time you see it, it's going to tear your world apart. I'll find a way. I'll tear your town apart. I'll kill your family! I'll kill you! You're dead! 
So he finally does snap back to his senses, and then they come upon the big accident that's happened on the highway. And lo and behold, it's the accident between Jack's truck, uh, well, his moving van, we'll call it, and then the weird genetics saw stuff uh, that crashed together. He wonders what's going on. He says, I'm the local sheriff, and the people just kind of scoot him along and say, don't worry about it. You don't need to worry about anything here. Uh, so he drives off with his family. And of course, even before that, the son really wanted to stop, too. He's like, oh, dad, look, there's an ambulance over there. Hey, let's go see a dead body. Uh, <laughs> his son is really weird. I, I don't get that character very much. It's like he's, I don't want to say he's like autistic or something like that, but the kid ain't right. The kid's fucking Bobby Hill. That kid ain't right. So they end up passing on, and then we see that there's some type of like agent man, and he talks to the cop, and he says, you got to come follow me, uh, because you need to show me what exactly happened. The guy explains that he saw him kind of glide out of there and go away uh, after, I guess, he got sprayed with the weird stuff. So it's weird that he actually still existed, even after it looked like he melted his whole entire fucking body right into the snow. We go next morning where we see... Uh, the family of Sam, uh, they're all getting ready while he's getting ready for work. His son is over busy at the stove making something that looks just like fucking diarrhea. Sam Tyler. Dad, who's Jack Frost? <sighs> Jack Frost was a very bad man, honey, but now he's gone. Poof. Like magic? Yeah, that's right. Just like magic. And is he coming back? No. So you don't have to worry about him. And you made him go away, didn't you, Dad? Well, kind of helped, I guess. My dad's a hero. No, son, I just happened to be in the right place at the wrong time. I'm not a hero. You are to me. Me too. Oh, 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 oh. oh come on now. I'm going to get all mushy. I need a job to go to. But I made you special. <laughs> oh, yum, Ryan. That looks great. Uh, look... I think I'm gonna save this for lunch, okay? I'll put it in the baggie. Coward. And I'll have it for lunch, okay? So he starts scooping that shit inside of the little baggie that's right there. I mean, it's literally shit. It doesn't have any other look to it. Its consistency is like fucking brown and corn. And then maybe some marshmallows mixed in for just for fun to make sure that the shit doesn't quite taste like shit. And there's also something that's really weird on the back of the counter. And it looks like a bottle of, well, I want to say antifreeze. Because, you know, you've seen those like big yellow jugs. And I don't live in a place where there's fucking need for me to have antifreeze in my car. But I've seen plenty of movies that have it. And I've actually seen it, you know, in the local stores, even though around here, I guess if you went a little bit up north, there's really no need for it other than traveling somewhere where it's going to get freezing fucking cold. And it's odd to see that back there, but uh, I don't really think it means anything. Uh, but it literally is like glopped, bound little fucking nuggets of shit that he's putting into the goddamn plastic baggie that he's going to take with him to work. So we follow Sam as he goes into town, and there's an annual snowman competition in Snowmonton. Uh, it's snow, M-O-N-T-O-N. So it's fucking Snow Mountain, okay? So we get to meet some of the other people that live inside this town, Primarily the first ones that we make is Jill, who's played by 
Fucking Shannon Elizabeth is in this movie? What the fuck? Okay, well, this is almost around the American Pie time, so maybe there's a strong maybe that we're going to get to see her boobs. I'm really hoping that we do. I mean, I don't necessarily always have to see somebody's boobs, but Shannon Elizabeth's, at least in American Pie, were really fucking nice. And maybe that would make things better in this movie. Who knows? But we also meet her father, Jake, who is supposedly the snowman-making king. And she's trying to peek inside to see what he's making this year for the snowman. And even Sam tries to take a peek, but Jake's all pissed off. No, you don't want to look in there. Not until the competition is ready. Uh, And he's got this weird kind of southern, but not quite southern accent that he does. It's like, if you take somebody from Texas, and you take somebody from New York, and you put them together, but you put more of that New York-style type of, like, stereotypical Italian accent at the end of it, but give it a little bit of that southern, like, twang, then you've got this guy's voice. Uh, You also meet his wife, Sally. And Sally seems like she's, well... She's special, not in that type of special way, but she's really like that kind of aloof, airheaded type of mom that you see in certain films where they're just really awkward, and she's like, I always wanted to be the angel on the tree once, and we really hope at one point in her life she's actually going to get that wish. We also get to meet uh, their son, Billy, uh, who is basically a typical teenager that doesn't want to fucking talk to anybody because whenever Sam talks to him, he just kind of like, yeah, I guess. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, don't worry about it. We also get to meet, I guess he's Jill's boyfriend, Tommy, and he's busy building his own snowman. And he gets one of the first kind of ha-ha jokes in the movie. Well, why don't we listen to the interaction between him and Sam? Working hard, Tommy? Hey there, Mr. T. How you doing? Everybody? The law is back. Mr. T. What do you think? It's a, um... (laughs) Snowbin. I'm gonna call her Cindy Snowflake. <laughs> I think that's very cool. All right. right. Hey, wait a second. What's the difference between snowmen and snowwomen? Okay, no, really. What's the difference? I'll see you, Tommy. It's snowballs. Get it? Snowballs. It's fucking stupid. Okay. But it kind of makes me chuckle at the same time because it's a pun, and I really fucking like puns. Uh, and then you have to look at this fucking snowman or snow babe that he's making. And it's not the look of the snow babe. It's not like the form, even though the boobs probably could be a little bit higher and perkier and smaller. Uh, because he just makes them like just two lumps that stick out there. But it's no, it's how ridiculously fake the snow looks. Like it's all sticking out randomly. Like it's got like little shards that are sticking out, little icicles on the end of everything. If you've ever like made a real snowman before, it all kind of comes together. Even when you pat it down, you would think it would be somewhat flat and not look like it's fucking fur sticking out everywhere. Uh, he then goes over, Sam goes over to the market and he runs into Paul and Paul, he runs the local store and he's also trying to tell him about what's going on, the deals that he could possibly get. Uh, and he is the father of Tommy. He kind of reminds me of that guy from office space that made the jump to conclusions, Matt. 
Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if randomly I found out that he actually was, but I didn't bother to look him up. It's just what the character reminded me of. But I don't think it was actually him, because these were around, I guess, somewhat at the same time. Uh, so I don't think that that actor would have been in this. Though, I've been proven wrong that Shannon Elizabeth is in this movie, but she would have been probably an up-and-coming actress at that time. Uh, Sam leaves to go back to the station, uh, and then there's this awkward conversation between Jill and Tommy where she's basically trying to get him to go out with her and do something that night, and he's really reluctant to, which... Dude, again, this is Shannon Elizabeth we're talking about. You're just gonna fucking, like, be like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I should go hang out with you tonight. Uh, I I want to masturbate at home, and you're making it very hard for me not to masturbate tonight. Even though you kind of give me the hint that maybe we're gonna go ahead and go all the way tonight. But I don't want to interrupt my masturbation schedule, okay? It, it consists of uh, making a snow babe, making her boobs kind of look like yours, and then me going home and putting that, you know, from my spank bank into reality, and then just fucking and whacking it hard, and you are gonna ruin that experience for me so uh, i'm sorry jill i just can't fucking do it but you know reluctantly he still says okay well we'll meet up somewhere tonight uh back at the station sam walks in and he begins to greet uh, i guess his i don't know what she is she's like his secretary i these small police like sheriff offices are always kind of weird and you know the more i think about it and i realize how fucking stupid i am uh that's his dispatcher okay that's exactly what she is what the fuck was i thinking of that being his secretary and she seems like she's really not paying attention to him as she walks into the door good morning marla Where's everybody? Well, good morning to you too, Sam. And how are you on this fine morning? And how was your weekend skiing? Well, Marley, you know, I don't like to ski myself, but Ryan and Ann told me that they had a really gnarly time. What's the matter? Somebody die? And guess what? Yes, somebody did. Shit, Sam, we ain't had a kill in the county in all our lives. I knew old man Harper ever since I learned how to steal apples from his orchard. We all did, Chris. All did. So what do you got for me? Nothing. I mean nothing. You gotta have something. Look about, Sam. We got no vehicle tracks. No footprints in the snow. I got I got no sign of a struggle or attempt to break into the house. No blood. Nothing. Nothing. All right, I don't want this thing spreading any more than it needs to. Whole town will go crazy. You get Doc Peters. Take your foot off the chair. Get Doc Peters on the phone. Tell him to come up here. Yeah. Once you can go down to Donna's motel, the gas station, liquor store. Ask him if anybody passed through last night. Tell him a feed store was robbed or something. Feed store, right? Sam, what are you going to be doing? I got to make sure of something. See, Sam thinks that possibly Jack Frost is still alive. Because he is pretty fucked up in the head and he can't get over the fact that Jack Frost said he's going to find a way to get out of prison and fucking kill him. So he goes back over to the station and he decides that he's going to call the FBI to figure out what exactly is going on and whether or not that Jack Frost really did die in that accident. 
This is Agent Manners. Who am I speaking to? Uh, Sam Tyler, Snowmonton County Sheriff's Department. I'd like to ask you a couple of questions about the Jack Frost accident. Well, I'm afraid that most information concerning the incident is confidential, but I'll help you if I can. Well, we had a killing down here last night, and I need to know that Jack Frost is really dead. Oh, yes, Sheriff. Jack Frost did indeed die in the accident, then I can assure you. Anything else I can help you with? No, thank you very much. Not a problem. Good luck with your investigation. Thank you. It's over. It started. It wasn't meant to happen like this. So you keep saying. We hadn't even tested the acid on an amoeba, let alone a human cell. This is a disaster. Disaster? You gotta learn to look on the bright side of things. The bright side? Sure. At least you know it works. Okay, so who the fuck is this asshole here? Well, that's Agent Manners and that's Agent Stone. At least that's who they're presented as, but I don't know exactly what's going on here. So it makes me feel like something was kind of set up by the FBI, whatever went wrong with the car. Yeah, okay, I get it, there was an accident going on, but you have to think at least a little bit, that they're so in tune with it and they knew exactly what was going on that, hey, this is what's been created because of the mesh of whatever the fuck that liquid was and whatever the fuck this killer Jack Frost is. So now the FBI guys basically have a hint on where they can find Jack Frost or a facsimile of what he might be. We cut now back over to Sam's family's house and we see that his wife is walking up the driveway. She stops for a second because he gets hit in the back of the head with a snowball and we see that there's a three-tiered snowman that's sitting at her driveway. She goes inside the house and she sees that her son's cooking up some sort of special pot brownie like or pot gingerbread men or just really ugly gingerbread men with some really weird fucking icing on them. I'm going with the pot gingerbread because he does say that they're extra special and we all know what extra special really means. They're there to help his dad relax so of course they're going to have a little THC loving them, right? Um... She tells him that, hey, there's a snowman outside and you should go finish your snowman. And he's like, that's not mine. But he runs at the chance to go ahead and put some carrots and some coal on it. Meanwhile, back over the station, a crowd has formed and they're all wondering what the fuck is going on now that old man Harper has been, well, murdered. Hey, Sam, what's going on? What the hell are you going to do about this? Yeah, you get some salt. Listen, we're out of the truck. All right, hold it, hold it, hold it. I tried to calm him down. I tried. There's no need to panic. What the hell are you talking about, Sam? Old man Harper's dead. That's right. Old man Harper has been killed. And we don't have a lead. But you guys running around here like a bunch of vigilantes isn't going to make my job any easier. Right. Now, I suggest you men go home to your families. Jesus, you think this psycho drifter's going to snub out some other poor son of a bitch, don't you? Did I say that? Did I say that? Look, old man Harper lived way out here, five miles outside of town. What does that mean? We all live on the outskirts of town. Right, and so do we, and we're not scared. Now, whoever did this is already 100 miles away from here. Yeah, Sam, well, that may be, but I'll tell you what. I'm going to keep my store open all hours. Anybody wants to buy extra ammo, huh? 20% discount for an emergency. Come on, come on. It's going to be a gall-dang turkey shoot. Well, hell, Sam, it's quicker than a jury. Well, she does kind of have a point there. 
it's better than just, you know, let him go to trial. You know that he's killed somebody. But, of course, at the same time, Sam's also right. It's not always right to be a vigilante and just go randomly shooting somebody that you think that actually did it. And, of course, it's also the American way for them to get scared and decide that they want to buy more fucking ammo so that they can take out some guy that they don't even know exists. But, of course, we all know who it possibly could be. Uh, going back over to Sam's family's house, we see that his son is out in front, and he's putting all the little decorations. He's putting the coal for the eyes, he's putting for the carrot for the little noves, and everything seems all fun- okay. But then Jake's son, Billy, comes over and has to ruin the fun. See, he and his friends, they want to do black eye sledding, whatever the fuck that is. Wouldn't that be kind of dangerous? Like, wouldn't you want to just sled on, like, snow? I mean, there's plenty of snow kind of all around there. I mean, look, Ryan, uh, Sam's son here, built a fucking snowman, supposedly. Uh, and you could just be sledding in the snow, but okay, you want to sled on black ice. That makes no sense to me. Like I said, isn't that, like, super dangerous? Are you not supposed to, like, drive on black ice? I mean, I don't fucking know. Again, fucking California boy here uh, doesn't know anything about fucking snow. Well middle california boy here doesn't know anything about snow with the climate that we've got around here so fuck i've only been sledding a couple times in my life and i've never gone fucking skiing so fucking sue me but i would think that sledding on black ice would still be a horrible fucking experience uh of course ryan is like well this is my dad's property so i can do this here and that doesn't leave a good taste in billy's mouth see billy gets upset with ryan and decides he can use his sled to knock the head off his snowman which comes to life oh my god it's frosty the fucking snowman here he didn't even put the fucking hat on him he's all ready to go he's gonna take him on a magical adventure of sinking whatever nope he's gonna knock fucking billy over and billy's friend's gonna slice off his head with his sled how the fuck does he do that I don't know the logistics of how this can fucking happen, okay? Because all of his friends are going down. If you see your friend get knocked to the ground and you fucking slide, you're just going to start sliding towards him? Or the snowman here, he's got the perfect fucking, like, timing so that he's like, Oh, his friend's about to go. Better fucking whack him with my hands. Knock him to the ground so the sled just fucking rips his head off. But it doesn't even, like, it cleanly cuts the head off and it pops it into the air like it's some fucking radical fucking skater doing, like, a 360 flip in the air. You know, I'm waiting for the guitars to fucking hit. You know, the head pops off and... Radical! It's just fucking ridiculous. And wouldn't you stop? You see your friend fall? You're just gonna... Well, fuck. I guess I'm gonna take his head off. Uh, And then how does the head even get taken off like with the room that's between the bottom of the sled and where the fucking blade is, right? It's just... It makes no sense to me. But Billy dies. And I was... Honestly, part of me was hoping there was going to be a kid kill count in this movie, but it turns up, spoiler alert, there's only two kids that get killed in the entire film. Uh, Billy, and we'll talk about, well, I guess you could technically say three, but I don't know if I'd necessarily consider them kids since they're 18, right? So he's the youngest one to get killed in this entire film. Uh, The parents come over to Sam's house, and of course, Jake is visibly upset. Will you please stop telling me to calm down? Shut up! I'm not nuts! There's one goddamn psycho in this town, and it's your kid, Sheriff. That kid is touched by the devil. Jake, let's take this somewhere else. Come on. This is okay with me right here. 
I am truly sorry about what happened, but I have to believe my son. Your son says a snowman pushed my son Billy. Do you believe that? Do you believe Jake, that? Jake, it couldn't have been a fight. Billy is two feet taller than Ryan. You haven't heard the last of this. I, I believe that. I believe that. Jay. And you watch the way you talk to me. I'm not about punching an officer out of law if it calls for it. Why don't you go home and calm down? We'll talk about this tomorrow. Because I can't talk about it tomorrow. Because I got to look for a place to bury my son tomorrow. Okay, I stand corrected. He sounds more like a Jewish stereotype than anything else. I really, I don't know why in the back of my head I had this feeling of like Italian type of guy, but he sounds more like he's Jewish, you know, when they do those stupid, like stereotypical Jewish type of accents from New York. The other thing that I love in that clip that made me chuckle and makes me laugh every fucking time that I hear it, and I've heard it a couple times now doing this, uh, is when he says he's taller than his kid. Well, not anymore, he ain't, because he lost his head. Get it? Get it? Um... <laughs> It's just really ridiculous. Again, like, if they got in a fight, how did that, like, happen so easily and the snowman just knocked him over, right? And that's what Ryan tells his dad. And he's telling, oh, you you know, I have to believe my son. And it's like, even I would be like, you have to believe your son that has told you that a snowman is the one that pushed my son to the ground. And why wouldn't you be mad at the other kid again for just not fucking stopping sledding? Like, I'm sorry, I've got to keep sledding. It doesn't matter if one of my good friends is there. I'm just going to have to fucking lop his head off. So, from here, we cut over and we we see that Jake and them, they've all gone home. And Sam, he's pulled out some things from a drawer uh, that he starts reflecting on. And they're all letters that were written to him. You know, in that style where people cut out parts of magazines so the fingerprints can't be traced to who it actually is going to be. Even though every one of these fucking letters is signed Jack Frost. And it's not even signed Jack Frost and, like, the letters. It's like he found a piece that specifically said Jack Frost and put it on the bottom of the fucking letter. How? What magazines are you looking through? Did he decide to go, oh, I'm going to go out and buy a bunch of Christmas fucking books at the local, uh, whatever the inn store, or not the inn, the prison store is, the inn store, like he's staying at a fucking resort or something like that? Well, with the type of security, I guess, they have and the ability that he was able to write these fucking letters in the way that he did, and the fact that he could buy fucking magazines that had Jack Frost in them, maybe it was all the stories about him, but still, it looked like clippings not from a newspaper, like they were signed by somebody and it says jack fucking frost oh anyway so he sits there and he reflects on the letters that he got and he still believes that maybe jack is truly alive Was that easy? Sam, he's gone and he can't come back. The only place he exists now is in here. So, okay, I get it. He's really paranoid about what's going on, and that's something that 
I would be too if I was getting those letters and that I was the one that put the guy away. And he's threatened me, not just in the letters, he threatened me in public in front of all these people. you think that he would have maybe been put into like a witness relocation program. Like, hey, even though I know he's in jail until he's actually executed in case something actually fucking happens, uh, why don't you stay hidden for a while, change your name, nobody knows where you are. You know, things like that. Or maybe he just believes that that's not the way it should be and he should just fucking you know live his life the way he needs to live his life and uh, go back to work where he needs to work so uh from here we go over to jake and sally's house and jake is very upset and he decides to go outside because you know his son's dead he has an argument with jill his daughter she just decides to up and leave and he's like hey we're mourning and she's kind of being a bitch uh, and leaves to go meet up with her boyfriend, Tommy. Uh, he goes outside to have a smoke. Sally, she tries to comfort him a little bit, but he ends up getting pissed off at her because she kind of has, again, that aloof type of sense. Uh, and so when he goes outside to smoke, he starts hearing voices. And he hears that familiar voice, well, familiar to the viewer, of Jack Frost. And he's calling and saying, hey, uh, you know, got a smoke. And then he, like... He pulls out a hatchet, uh, not Jack Frost, but Jake pulls out a hatchet from uh, like a tree stump. I guess you could call it more of an axe. I don't know. Either or kind of works here with the size that it is. Uh, and he decides to try to find the person. He can't figure it out until he figures it out because <laughs> Jack Frost turns into Jack Frost in front of him. Uh, and he shoves the handle of the axe down his throat. I mean, I was expecting him to, like, take the axe and, like, chop him up or, you know, chop it into his head. But no, he literally shoves it down his throat. And that's how Jake dies. Uh, then Jack Frost goes into the house and he starts stalking Sally. And Sally is just kind of looking around. All of a sudden, the tree turns on. She thinks it's Jake that turned it on. But then when it turns off... She can't really find anything uh, of what's going on. When she turns around, uh, there's a couple of times that Jack Frost just randomly shows up in the room. And I guess he's that stealthy that she can't figure out what the fuck is going on and isn't able to actually find him. Uh, and he manages to sneak up behind her and then starts wrapping the Christmas lights around her neck. And then shoving her head into a box of freaking ornaments that just start stabbing her through the face until she dies and then he attaches her to the tree and then within the next couple of minutes he is found out one um well the whole scene is found out by paul and then we hear uh sam and his two deputies come in and survey the scene as well sorry folks shed was all blocked i didn't know where you wanted to Ho, 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 and what's your name, little boy? (laughs) Always remember to dress up warm. (laughs) I just came over here to tell them all how sorry I was about Billy. Jesus, Sam. All right, Joe, now we're going to do this thing calmly. I want you to get the photographer. For Christ's sake, who the hell would do this? Well, someone's got to go tell Jill her entire family's dead. Jesus, she's only 18. Keep it down, Joe. The whole town's going to go crazy. I need for you to keep it together. we got a job to do. We're going to do it right. First, I want you to find Jill. And I want you to get Doc Peters and bring him up here. Take a look at Sally. You don't reckon we should leave her up for the 12 days of Christmas, then? 
Okay, so this film has one big similarity to another holiday film that we've talked about on this podcast before. And it has to do with the villain. And it has to be because of the puns and the way that people get killed and stuff in this movie. And yes, I'm talking about Turkey from Thanksgiving. Now, they're not the same voice actor. Nothing is related in that regard. But it really is like every time he's on there, he's either kind of saying something kind of odd uh or he's talking in puns or it's some type of like joke-ish type of thing that he's going through so like even when he goes and he grabs the sweater he or the scarf he's gotta make some kind of jokingly quippy line every time that he touches something or he does something so like when he grabs the scarf he has to say something about being cold outside and even when he's killing sally you know, he's making different, like, tree type of puns. Uh, and I guess she really did kind of become the angel of the tree because uh, she was attached to it uh, when she was found. The other thing that I forgot to mention about the whole scene with Sally that I really did want to get to and looking through my notes, I'm finally realizing it's there, is the music that is being used in these scenes, in these killing scenes. It's different when Jake gets killed, but when he starts to kill Sally, it's like really cheery Christmas-type music. Like, you got the jingle bells and all the other stuff going in the background. It sounds like everybody should be singing about how happy and how loving everything is. But meanwhile, he's like bashing her fucking head into the ornaments at the same time. It's really tongue-in-cheek, and it's really cheesy, but it's also kind of funny at the same time. And it actually makes it a little more enjoyable and gives it that festive flair that we really want for a Christmas horror movie, right? So... From here, we see Sam arriving back at the police station, and he's talking to Marla, trying to get her to, you know, get a hold of the people that he's talking, or the FBI people that he wants to talk to, I should say. And, of course, he runs into Agent Manners, who he wonders, who the hell are you? Marla, I want you to call around, see if you can get a hold of Joe Metzner. Oh, call the FBI in Denver, too. Some asshole named Manners. Who are you? I'm the asshole. I'll get back to you later. Well, this is an auspicious start we've gotten off to. You must be Sheriff Tyler? Yeah, Tyler. I'm Agent Manners. FBI? Sure, why not? And this is Stone. Agent Stone? Sheriff. Why are you here? We've got a line on your Abraham Harper. Old man Harper, yeah, what about him? His death matches the M.O. of someone we've been tracking for some time now. Yeah, well, we got two more deaths. I, I was just about to try to get you on the phone. Good. Have the MVs been moved? Motor vehicles? Have the murder victims been moved yet? No, uh... Jake and Sally Metzner have not been moved yet. Fine. First, take me to the crime scene. Excuse me. Jake and Sally's place. And if everything checks out as I think it will, I'll have a task force in here by midnight. So we kind of get introduced to both Manners and Stone a little more here than we were in the beginning. Uh, also, we... It's weird, like, with Agent Manners and Agent Stone, actually with most of the people in this movie, when I look at this type of film, I'm like, okay, it's like a direct-to-video or direct-to-DVD type of movie... You don't expect the acting to be this competent. I mean, I've seen a lot of other movies for this podcast where the acting is just fucking 
god-awful. Even from people that are pretty good actors, normal, they just kind of phone it in. These guys really aren't phoning it in that much, and at least the ones that we focus on, the main ones that we focus on, and even some of the side characters, they are not terrible. I mean, Sam's pretty good. Both Agent Stone and Agent Manners aren't too bad. Agent Manners is trying to play the straight man, and Stone is kind of like the scientist guy that's like, whoa! And it's... It's interesting. I I don't know where exactly to put it. I mean, I'm not putting it in the terrible category. I'm not putting it in the good category. It's just kind of serviceable. Yeah, that's kind of the way to think about it. We now go back over to Jake and Sally's place so that uh, Agent Manners and Agent Stone can go ahead and look over the situation. Agent Stone notices on the floor that there's this, like, wet, watery footprint, and then he uses some type of mumbo-jumbo science to explain exactly what it is. I don't know why you're so interested in this darn footprint. Whoever did this obviously came through the back door. It was locked. And they locked it behind them. You're obviously not a man of science, Sheriff. The latest advances in forensics means that a footprint can be as accurate as a fingerprint. I'm reading something. What? Oh, sweet Jesus, look at this. This thing is able to latently alter its elemental molecular structure. English, Stone, English. It can freeze and unfreeze at will. It melted, came through the doggy door, and refroze on the inside. You mean Jack came through the doggy door and refroze on the inside? What the hell have you let loose in this town? The T-1000? Uh, is that what Jack Frost is now? Is he a fucking Terminator? Like, he's able to fucking just deform and reform himself whenever he wants. But we see kind of later that it's not really like he can totally deform himself. I mean, we'll talk about it in a bit because it's kind of... Well, okay, it's very fucking ridiculous what his, like, special powers are. Even though he kind of gains a couple as it goes. But from what we know here, he's able to basically change the molecular structure of snow into water. And then travel through places that maybe he couldn't fit in before. And then reform himself back as snow inside of wherever he wants to be. In this case, to get in the house, he went through the doggy door. Uh, Even though he probably could have just made himself, like little snow and not necessarily like water but i guess that's the way that he wanted to do things sam goes outside to go check on the doctor that's kind of examining everything that's around there and to see what exactly happened with jake and he's just as surprised as me that that whole fucking axe is down jake's throat Manners comes out and tells Sam that he wants to put the whole town in a 24-hour curfew so that way they can all kind of either be bunched in one place or stay in their homes while they're trying to find this person that they're looking for. Sam goes back out to the town and he addresses the audience and tells them exactly what he needs them to do. Uh, So this clip is kind of cut up into two different clips and they're all within the same section i just felt like i didn't want to kind of cut them out so at the second half of this cliff after he talks about the curfew we're going to have paul come back into our lives because you remember that paul actually saw jack frost as the snowman when he ran in and saw uh sally's dead body and so he shows up in probably one of the more laughable scenes in the fucking movie with one of my favorite lines from the movie Under the advisement of the local federal officers, I am going to put the town under a 24-hour curfew. 
Listen, I'm not going uh, to arrest you if you're just walking down the street. I'm not going to waste my time, but this is for your own safety, so I urge you to follow it. Now, Father Brannett has told me that he'll keep the church open. You can sleep down here community style if you want. That might be a good thing. I want you to stay off the phones except in case of an emergency. All right? What the heck is going on out there? It's, uh... Paul Davro. Okay. Fuckers a snowman. Fuckers a snowman. Fuckers a snowman. What are you talking about? No, you don't understand. Paul. No, no, she had wires coming out of her. She had little lights in her. Paul. Paul. Look at me. Paul. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. So the two there is... Fuckers, a snowman! I fucking love that. And then it's when after Paul gets socked by Agent Manners and he falls to the ground, he's just like, okay. And that's uh, the end of, well, night night for him. Paul gets put into uh, the prison basically to watch that because they, they all think that he's fucking crazy in one shape or another. And Sam sends his two different deputies out, one to go pick up his wife and to bring his wife back over to the center here, Well, I, which I think is actually the store. Well, I don't know. It could be the store that Paul runs or it could be like the town center or it could be later on we might find out that it's some other place too. Uh, but whatever this, if it's supposed to be the church, I don't fucking know, but he wants to bring her back there with his son. And he also wants the other cop to go back out to one of the other places. I don't remember if you want to go back up to Jake's place or, or somewhere else to go look at, but they drive off. And one of the cops, uh, he ends up actually running into Jack, who is just a snowman in the middle of the road. And then when he goes back back to his car to go get a shovel to take the snowman down he's gone and when he turns back over to his car goes behind it put the shovel away all of a sudden jack is in the driver's seat stealing his car but making sure that he runs over him first and this is the first time and i can't believe that i've just recognized these now because i've seen everything that they've done for this costume and honestly the jack monster thing doesn't look very good i mean there's a point where he grew like the ice teeth that i thought okay that's at least kind of interesting but he doesn't really move he doesn't really do a whole lot he really looks like a giant piece of felt and the fact that he's got oven mitts for fucking hands is fucking ridiculous okay because you see him when they grab onto the steering wheel there's the goddamn oven mitts that he's wearing uh whoever the person is inside the costume and they made it kind of seem like, oh, the creature effects by blah, blah, blah. Well, you get what you fucking pay for because you got some of the worst fucking effects for a, even a puppet or anything like that. I understand you're making a snowman. I get it. But something just a little bit. I've seen better stuff out of independent films that have been produced within the last 10 years than what I see in this film and the costume for fucking Jack Frost, okay? You had to have had a decent amount of money to make this film, and yet you decided to go with oven mitts painted white for hands. Okay. And a mouth that barely fucking moves on the goddamn puppet. 
Sam's wife then gets picked up by the other deputy, and there's kind of a weird, like, oh, is it somebody else, is it not type of situation, like, we think Jack might have actually uh, infiltrated the house, but turns out, no, he didn't, uh, there was just a water leak underneath the sink that the deputy there, he helps her stop after he gets fucking soaked, uh, and then he takes her away along with she gets she has some blankets or something that she's bringing with her. Like I could have sworn that she was actually at like the big curfew meeting that was going on, and she escaped, left her son fucking there by himself, and went to go get fucking blankets. I, I guess that happened, or she was already there, or I don't know what the fuck happened exactly. But all I know, she's got the blankets. They kind of fake you out thinking that Jack Frost is actually there, but it turns out that Jill and Tommy are at Sam's house for some reason. Oh, well, she wants to get it on with Tommy, and she wants to do it inside of Sam's house. Now, your brother's dead, and I know that's the only one you don't you actually know about, but you really like that hard up on having sex and being with your boyfriend that you're not even going to try to mourn anybody? You don't know that your mom and your dad are dead, too. I'm so sure that that would probably really upset you, uh, but... Whatever, you want to get it on with Tommy, and Tommy's kind of okay with that. So they go into the house, and there's this montage little scene of them taking off their clothes. And it's like, I guess it's supposed to be kind of a joke, because they have like 50 fucking layers of clothing on. And eventually they get down to their long johns, and then she's like, if you really want to be with me, you're going to get me a log fire and some wine. And he's like, okay. Like, those are the easiest requests to have sex with somebody. And especially Shannon and Elizabeth. I would be like, okay, give me two seconds. And she's like, no, I'm going to go blow dry my hair or something. And she does. And so he tries to get the wine ready. And then he goes into the fridge. And they really do a good job here, I have to admit. Because I was like... Where is he going to show up? How is Jack going to show up in this scene? Is it going to be something like interesting? Is he somewhere that we don't expect? Or is it going to be something really fucking stupid? Well, kind of turns out to be really something fucking stupid. But I really thought that he was actually going to be in the freezer. Because he goes into the get some ice for the wine. Because the wine is way too warm, I guess. And... It's, it looks like a fucking, like, sparkling Zinfandel or some shit like that. It's the cheapest fucking wine that you can get. My wife was like, oh, that's champagne. I'm like, no, that's probably, like, carbonated wine or where the fuck, because it's pink. It's not champagne. And they probably don't have the money to actually get champagne from champagne, because, you know, can't call champagne unless it's from the area of champagne. Otherwise, it's just a sparkling wine, right? And this looks like a sparkling wine, but it's got a really pink color to it. Uh, and so, again, you know fucking being the redneck young kids that they are, putting ice in it to fucking chill it. Oh, God, you don't fucking do that with wine, okay? Uh, and I thought that when he took the ice pick and he was picking the ice from the the freezer, I really thought that that was going to be like part of Jack Frost and they were going to put it in there and then he was going to drink some of it and then maybe Jack was going to form something that was going to come out of the kid's stomach like fucking alien or some shit. That would be great. But no, he starts hearing fucking noises outside, and then he goes to look uh, at where the noises are coming from and thinking it's some type of intruder, only to be confronted with something not of this world. I said, who's out there? Well, it ain't fucking frosty! 
gonna, I'm gonna use this thing, all right? Listen, just stay back. So he's trying to stab Jack Frost with the ice pick, and of course it does absolutely nothing. What would it do to a giant fucking mutant snowman anyway? Uh, we also get to see we get to see the situation from Jack Frost's vision. That's right, folks. We get snowman vision, where we get to see the two mittens. <laughs> Out in front. Maybe we should just call it Mitten Vision because that's what you get to see. Here's the two mittens trying to go after and grab Tommy. But of course, he's not able to. And he, but he does manage to back Tommy next to a door. And then he finds out that he's got a new power. He doesn't just have the power to metamorphosize himself. He's got the power to create icicles that he can fucking shoot out of where the fuck. I don't know if it shoots out from his mittens or it shoots out from his tits. Yeah, you know what I think it is? I think they're icicle nipples. And he's just fucking shooting the icicles right out of his, like, you know, his chest. And so he's basically got, like... You know, tit guns, uh, but they shoot icicles. And he manages to hit one in Tommy's arm and slam him against the door. And then he shoots the other one and he manages to get it right through his head and goes through his head into the back of the door and then slowly either melts or gets pulled out. Now, here is one thing I think they tried to think, man, this would be really fucking cool if we did this. And it's not a bad type of effect. I mean, you see the icicle go through the head and you see the blood and there's the hole in the door. But the problem is on one side, you see Tommy slide down and then you turn around and there's a beating in the fucking door. And I don't know what that's from. Is that supposed to be his brain? Is that supposed to be his heart is left there? Because his heart, his chest never got stabbed through his like right shoulder was stabbed and then he was stabbed through the temple so is it supposed to be his brain like what is it that's pulsating in the door i don't fucking know they thought man this would look really cool and it does kind of look cool and it's interesting that you would do something like that but it makes no fucking sense in how you did it so why not just fucking show tommy slouch down with a hole in his head there did it done no problem no weird confusion Back upstairs, uh, Jill, she's finished blow-drying her hair, and she walks over and she sees that somebody has run a bath for her. Wait, you've just finished drying your hair, and now you're going to go into the water? At least we get some Shannon Elizabeth butt, but still, we don't get any frontal nudity, uh, which, again, I could always go watch American Pie, but... You know, it would have been nice to see her here. And they did make a point to make sure to tell you that she's 18. So I don't know if that's actually a stunt butt or if that's really Shannon Elizabeth's butt. She gets into the water and everything seems to be going fine. It's nice and relaxing. She's once again got her hair wet after she fucking blow dried her hair. Uh, and then all of a sudden the water just starts getting cold. And of course the water's not really the water. The water is good old Jack Frost. And then you get that lovely scene from the trailer where the lady, she's yelling and she gets like the face and the snow all forms around her. And that's not a bad scene. But then all of a sudden you get, I don't know what this is. I, the carrot goes into the water. Okay. And it kind of floats around her nether regions let's say and then he forms without his nose and he keeps ramming her into the wall which makes me believe his carrot became his dick 
and he's fucking raping her until she's dead. Now, he could just be slamming her against the wall, but he does say something really... A really bad pun that would belong in a fucking James Bond movie. And you know the one that I'm fucking talking about. After he's killed her and she's dead on the floor. Looks like Christmas came a little early this year. (laughs) Well, hope it was good for you, honey. Oh, I must remember to send flowers. And see, during that time when he's lighting up a pipe to smoke, he puts the carrot back on his nose. And if he said if it was good for you, that means he did fuck her to death. Uh, And not just fuck her, he raped her to death, okay? Because I doubt being fucked by a snowman with a carrot, using a carrot as a dick, counts as consensual sex, even if it's hate fucking. Back at the police station... Uh, Agent Stone and Agent Manners, they're trying to figure out how to get their men uh, into the town so that they can stop Jack Frost. And as Sam and, well, really, Marley explains that there's no way they're going to get men up to where they're at. We're dead center, the snowman's in Bolt. It's 20 miles uphill in any direction. If it's anything like last week, you won't even be able to get a snowplow across the highway in an hour from now. you telling me that there's no way to get my men in here? Duh. We can't let him escape. Well, don't you fret, Agent Stone. Nothing comes in, nothing gets out. Ain't that right, Manners? Yeah, right. Tell me, Sheriff, what sort of armor do you have here? Armory? What kind of weapons are available to us? We're just a small town sheriff's office. I told you conventional weapons will be useless against him. We need the company. Watch your mouth. What are you two talking about? Nothing, Sheriff. I told you the company should have been called in to handle this whole thing, not some bureau mercenary. You want to let me in on this? Sorry, Sheriff. It's on a need-to-know basis, and you don't. Oh, yeah? Well, I think I might need to know. Oh, boys. Chris is back. I just heard his car pull up. We're not finished. How does she know that that's Chris's car? That's one of the deputies that's there. Like... Oh, I hear his car coming up. You know the difference between his car and somebody else's car? I mean, they're all cop cars, and they're all basically the same type of car, right? There isn't anything different between any of them. You just magically know that that's his. Well, it turns out that that's the one that uh, Jack has killed. And so Jack is actually the one that pulls up to the station. They go outside and inspect the car, and they realize that there's something wrong because there's nobody there. Chris is nowhere to be seen. And when Sam goes inside, he touches the seat, and he thinks that, well, if he's out here, he must be really wet. Wherever he is, he's soaking wet. Hey, Sam, isn't this Jake Metzner's old scarf? Marla, Marla, don't touch that. What's the problem, Sam? <laughs> it's just a scarf. <laughs> oh, my God. Nah, Finch couldn't make it. Thought you said conventional weapons couldn't touch that thing. Now look what you've got to done. Made in America. <laughs> 
So they all run back inside and they try to figure out what the fuck is going on because they just saw a snowman come to life and attack them. The bullets that were fired from Agent Manners' gun did absolutely nothing but knock the head off of Jack Frost, who was able to put him back on pretty easily. Uh, Inside, they decide to try to figure what's going on, but they don't have a whole lot of time, even though Sam wants to know from Stone what the fuck was that. What was it? What's this place made out of? I got the quarter and steel and the walls and the ceilings and half-inch plate and the windows. Let's just hope it's enough. Enough for what? Tell me! Sam, Sam, all the outside lines are down. We need something to fight back with. What are we fighting? Look, I just saw something that doesn't belong in this world, and it's out there killing my friends. Now tell me what it is. Jack Frost. No, Jack Frost died. Jack Frost changed. Changed. Who are you people? And don't give me this FBI bullcrap. Shut up! up. Listen. What is that? Sounds like water. What is it? Oh, Lord, the footprint at Jake and Sally's place. I'll find a way! So he's basically peeing his way into the police station now. I mean, he's, you look at the door, and there's just, like, water, like, spurting everywhere, and... That's the power. That's how he's able to get between places. He turns himself to water and slowly but surely sprays himself at the door. Like, it has to be him peeing on the door, right? Like, he's slowly peeing himself through whatever it needs to be. And it's so ridiculous because it takes fucking forever for him to get through anything. You would think that if he was like a T-1000 type of thing, he would just go booty bobbity boo and then he'd turn into fucking water and then slide underneath the fucking door and then come back out and he'd be... Instead, no, the only way he can do it is fucking to force himself through the crevices of the goddamn door until enough of him is formed inside that he can become a whole fucking snowman again. This is the lamest fucking superpower anybody's ever fucking had. His fucking icicles are much more useful than this shit. Couldn't he just knock down the fucking door? Maybe he's able to throw people, stab people. I bet you he's got lock-picking powers with icicles. Creates two icicles on his fingers. Oh, well, I guess he's got mittens for hands, so... He just creates two icicles on the edge of his mitten, and then, like, you know, Jimmy's with the door and is able to unlock it, and he can go in a lot fucking faster than turning to water and having to pee yourself through the fucking lock or the side because, you know, they're too cheap to get a good door that completely fucking seals. It's so ridiculous that that's how he has to get through the goddamn doors and and get into this place. So... They tell though there's a way out of here. Let's go out through the back, through the prison section or the jail cell section, uh, and we can get out the window that way. And Sam's gonna try to hold him off real fast. And the way he's gonna hold him off is with the blow dryer. And he's able to do it until the blow dryer comes unhooked from the wall, and he's actually able to run away from Jack relatively fast. Now, I thought Jack was the master of fucking morphing all over the place again, because in Sally's, he was able to fucking reappear and disappear super fucking fast. And here, he can't even keep up to fucking Sam. So either Sam's the fucking Flash, he's the new Barry fucking Gordon, and fuck or, you know, he's lost his power to move around really easily and peacefully. So they lock themselves inside the jail area, 
And they try to figure out, okay, well, we need to find a way to stop him. What's the best way? And they basically, looks like they're going to get aerosol cans and make aerosol flamethrowers, which I thought would have been cool, but they turn out to be all bug bombs. Uh, So they're lighting him inside the hallway or turning them on inside the hallway, and then they're going to leave, but they don't have the key to get out the window. They really realize that Paul, he's still in one of the cells, so they're able to get him out to help him get out uh, of this place. Also, Agent Stone, he really doesn't want to destroy Jack. He actually wants to capture him because that was his uh, orders, was not to kill the thing. And Agent Manners at this point, he's like, you know what? We can't fucking do that. We have to just kill it and we need to get the fuck out of here because Jack Frost is becoming an unstoppable killing machine. Uh, When they get to the back window, they realize it's locked and the whole area is filling up with the bug bomb. So they need to get out of there fast. Sam sees the keys are at the end of the hallway uh grabs them like i said lets paul out and then they're able to open up the door leave and manners fires one shot into the building blowing it up and thinking that they've killed jack frost unbeknownst to them he's actually just been uh torn into several pieces of snow and he's able to form back together but when he does he well he says the famous line from the trailer Oh, maybe Manly's right. What could have survived that? Look, Ma! I'm a Picasso! (laughs) You've got to be shitting me. Come on! So they disappear back inside of whatever the building is behind them. I don't know if it's supposed to be, the, like I said, the fucking church, a random town hall place, whatever it is, because the priest is the one that goes downstairs and turns up the furnace. And they've said before, you can all stay in here, which I guess is the church. I still don't know what the fuck it is. It's whatever is in the center of the fucking town. And uh, while Jack Frost is pulling himself together, they're all trying to devise a plan. He lets everybody there know that they all have to work together if they want to be able to kill Jack Frost, because everybody's seen what it is and they all get kind of freaked out. He follows Agent Manners and Agent Stone into the basement, and he demands from Agent Stone to know what the fuck is going on and what the fuck has Jack Frost become. They're going to send in some kind of snowmobile uh, two hours at most. Too late. Cut the crap. I want to know who the hell you are. Let's just say we're in damage control. You, I don't care about. I want to know where you fit in. Listen to me! We're in this together. And that thing has got to be destroyed. What exactly are we up against? Not even the Secretary of Defense knows what I'm doing. Thank you. No problem. Do something! Like what? Teach him how to shoot better? Welcome to the team, Doc. Now talk to me. Jack Frost was an accident. It was meant to be next-level genetic research. To ensure the survival of our race through a global holocaust, I created an acid that would bond a human chromosome helix with an inert material so that we could be resurrected in our future. Something happened in the accident. The snow didn't just store Jack Frost's DNA. It's taken on his personality. Exactly. You know what that means? It means he's killing my friends. No, Sheriff. It means that the soul exists. And it's not just some esoteric spiritual entity or even a vague electrical force. The soul is a chemical. You're insane. This isn't what we should be talking about right now. Frost manifestation is my proof. It's invaluable. We cannot destroy it. Don't you get it? Jack Frost came back here to get at me. 
And he's going to kill anybody who gets in his path. If we don't destroy him, he's going to kill every last one of us. That's right. We need to fucking destroy him. And how are we going to do it? We're going to trick him into getting inside this place. Okay. Uh, And he does, or they manage to, when they go outside and kind of get ready to get everybody else pulled off to the side. And then Jack Frost comes bowling down the hill in a giant fucking snowball and gets inside the place. He goes after them to attack them again, and they all turn blow dryers on him. And they have extension cords, so they were smart this time. But that's not very safe, because they're all bundled into one fucking, like... It looks like one, like, big outlet. So, they're not using, like, surge protectors or anything like that. They're just using a bunch of extension cords all put together, and they end up, you know forcing him downstairs and into the furnace where they think that they've killed him uh they all rejoice he's been put in there he's been you know melted to death but it turns out that no he just has become vapor which has then reformed as liquid uh and then he basically brings an end to both stone and manners no at least you've still got your records right It's at a time like this when I think all we can do is turn our eyes up to the heavens and say, oh shit. Blow me. See, at the end of there, he tries to use the blow dryer on Jack Frost, but Jack's unplugged the blow dryer, then grows teeth in his mouth and bites at him. But he doesn't, like, bite his head off or do anything kind of interesting or cool like that. He just kind of, like, turns his face bloody. It looks really crappy. Uh, Then he goes after Stone, and Stone tries to plead with him and says, Look, I just, I can let you go. We can get out of here together. Uh, You know, I just want to learn more about you. And he's like, Nah, and then he kills him, too. Uh, when we go outside, we see that, uh, Sam and Ryan are going to be driving away in Sam's police car, and that's when Jack comes out of there. Uh, oh, you know what? The one thing I forgot to talk about real fast that I found bullshit is that whole, the soul is a chemical bullshit. Um, what the fuck, man? So the soul is something that you can fucking, like, manipulate and that you can cook with. So when you die, there's, like, mercury that's left in your fucking coffin. And then you can use that to become anything. Like, the whole idea of melding your quote-unquote soul was something that was inanimate. So that way that you could preserve the human species um, is actually an interesting thing. But it's, like, really, like, a weird scientific type of MacGuffin, right? It really has no other like motive other than to turn jack frost into the fucking snowman uh and and they really don't do anything else with it other than that i mean i I get what they were trying to do the whole thing like with the company like it's so generic to have that fucking name for i guess what is the other bad guy of the film because they're doing genetic like engineering of things that people don't fucking understand i don't know it's fucking ridiculous and fucking stupid uh let's just get on getting towards the end of it so then Sam uh, or Jack comes outside and he starts to go after Sam. Sam and Ryan lock themselves inside of the car, but Jack starts letting himself in through the car by allowing him to, you know, put the water through the air vents. Uh, he jumps in the back 
and he goes in for the attack. He's able to get Ryan out of the car, and then he's leaving out of the car, and he slaps the doo-doo stuff uh, that he still has in his car. He's still got that doo-doo fucking oatmeal or whatever, the the, the diarrhea meal, uh, and slaps Jack in the head, and then you see his head begins to melt, and Sam wants to know exactly what the fuck Ryan put in that shit. He's burning. He's burning. Oatmeal is making him burn. Honey, what did, what did you put in those oats? Sorry. It's a good thing that you did. I didn't want you to get cold. Honey, what did you put in the oats? Antifreeze. Sorry. You are so fucking good. Just what I was thinking. So, at the end there, that's Sam imitating Jack, if you didn't quite get that. Uh, But, you know, that shit, that's not wine. You don't put antifreeze in the fucking oatmeal. Put in the fucking wine. That's how you can ferment it faster, and nobody's going to know the difference unless a little 10-year-old boy comes over to the country as a foreign exchange student and figures out your plan and reports it to the French people that are around you because they really only care about the fact that the wine's been tarnished and not what you've done to that little kid. So you don't put it in fucking diarrhea oatmeal all you're gonna do is kill your fucking dad that yeah he's not gonna freeze anymore but he's gonna be dead 10 feet underground when he tries to even fucking eat that diarrhea bullshit so he sam comes up with the plan and he tells paul hey you need to go take your truck you need to get as much antifreeze as you can and make like a tub in the back take ryan with you i'm gonna go ahead and go distract uh good old frosty here uh, so he has Jack chase him into another building where he slowly melts himself through the fucking... Seriously, like, this is the slowest fucking criminal in the world. Like, the fact that even Jack can catch up to fucking Sam is ridiculous. Because all Sam has to do... I know Sam at this point is trying to lure him into a trap and to figure out how to get him into the uh, antifreeze because he realizes that, you know, destroys him. But at the same time, he could easily just fucking get away he just runs out the back door and jack is still trying to get through the front door and then when he's finally done he's like oh i can't find anybody here then when he gets at the front you dump all the antifreeze on him and fucking kill him there bing bada boom bada bang you're fucking done instead he walks through whatever this place is looks like it's it's like a sex dungeon it's like a brothel or some shit because every room that he goes to to try to go in and hide somebody's doing something naughty in there there's all these weird like Oh, you like that, Daddy? And all this other weird shit that's in there that doesn't need to be fucking in the... I don't get it. I guess it's meant to be funny, but it's just fucking weird. I don't I don't fucking understand it, okay? So eventually, he does find himself in a room, but Frosty, uh, or Jack Frost, is there. And he does pin him up against the wall and throw some rapid-fire quips right at him uh, before he's going to go take his bath in the antifreeze. Oh, yeah! Oh! Oh! 
your neck, my family. Going, going, gone. I'm really looking forward to your wife, dead man. So Sam feigns death there, I guess, for a second. Enough to distract Jack while Paul pulls up with the pool full of antifreeze in the back of his truck. When he pulls up, Sam rushes at Jack and pushes him out the window directly into the antifreeze. Now, at one point, you see one of his arms flop outside of the the truck, but he's able to melt him almost completely in there uh, in the antifreeze pool. They start to rejoice, and then you see that the arm has grabbed Ryan, but they dump Ryan, and basically he tries to pay him back for force feeding, trying to force feed him the antifreeze filled diarrhea stew. and, you know, saves Ryan from Jack Frost by melting his body within the antifreeze. Uh, we fade out. Everybody's excited because everybody has, you know, Sam has once again saved the day and stopped Jack Frost. He doesn't seem to be bothered by the giant hole that's in his fucking arm. Um, and uh, then we see them. They start to bless the, well, some really creepy i don't know who is singing this i think it's jack frost that sings the silent night thing while we look on them digging a shallow grave uh for jack frost and a priest blessing the land uh, against evil there and then we get the final theme and the movie it ends One breaks the seal of holy earth by which we now enter this table consecrated ground. Looks like the cavalry has finally arrived. So, what do we tell the FBI, Sam? Tell them. It's too late. was jack frost um the one thing i also didn't mention right there is that the bottle of antifreeze that they're putting him in towards the end of it because they're basically filling up all the bottles uh, and then dumping them in a ditch and burying them uh it said anti-frost on there with the snowman so kind of get the joke uh so what about this film uh it's very surprising. Like I said, I was surprised that the acting was done as well as it was. Uh, it wasn't terrible from everybody. A lot of the times you get like the main actor is terrible and then, uh, or, or mediocre and all the side actors are terrible. 
But really, there was a couple of pretty good performances. Nothing like stellar, but enough to like make it feel like a uh, Chucky type of movie. Where, you know, even though I was kind of got a little annoyed by Jack Frost towards the end because he never really said anything other than being a quip machine. And I really wish that he had done something more or maybe he was a little more fleshed out as a character than he actually was. Like, he seemed kind of interesting at the beginning when he gets introduced and how he's like this badass killer and there's all these things like that. But then all of a sudden he just gets reverted to a quip machine. And just like, what type of funny things can he say? What type of puns that he can he do? Luckily, there wasn't a whole lot of ice type of puns. Like, this wasn't Mr. Freeze and Batman and Robin. He didn't say ice to meet you or some bullshit like that. But they still, some of them were kind of bad, uh, even when looking at you know the the movie as a whole but then what do i expect for such a low budget movie right uh maybe it would have been better had it had more money for it definitely with the costume i wouldn't have had to see mitten hands all the goddamn time once they're pointed out to me um but overall i think it's a pretty good watch uh it's not again it's not a terrible movie it's entertaining in parts it's a little slow to start it gets a little serious when billy like dies and there's actually kind of like some emotion there but then it goes right downhill and it totally says well fuck that we had enough emotion now we're just going to be some silly like government conspiracy corporation creating some scientific mumbo jumbo type of thing so uh it's got some decent kills in it. It has uh, some decent gore in it, um, but nothing really exciting, right? So if if I look at the film and, and based upon my ratings, um, the gore, I give it kind of, well, it's, I had it as a 3 out of 5 when I originally did it, but thinking over it, it's more of a 2 out of 5. Really, we only get the headshot, uh, and you know we get the ornaments in the face, and when he gets chomped in the face by Jack, Agent Manners, um, it's just, you know, they could have done more with it, and that effect that they do with the door just... Uh, you know, it, it looks good, but at the same time, why is it there? Uh, and then, uh, the crap factor is a four out of five. The, the puppet that is used for Jack is more than enough to boost it into the four out of five territory. Uh, other than that, you know, the other makeup and stuff, like I said, the acting wasn't terrible. Um, but just the, the plot and, you know, the fact that how that Jack even got caught in the beginning, you know, like I said, they, they talk about him. Oh, he was getting noticed because he was turning people into pies and people were beginning to notice. And that really brought attention to him. But then it shows, oh, well, he just got pulled over in a random fucking traffic stop. And that's how he got caught. What? Like, they probably figured out who it was based upon what he was doing, and they realized, oh, this guy worked here, oh, we found people in the pies, and after he got caught from this trip. But they don't explain like that. It's just more like, oh, well, they stopped this guy, and he let himself be captured. Like, he didn't even fucking fight back. Ugh. So, that makes the crap factor a 4 out of 5. The fun factor, it is a 4 out of 5, because it's still very entertaining. It is a so-bad-it's-good movie. I would classify it as, uh, you know, friend of the podcast, Phantom Dark Dave would say, uh, it is a guilty pleasure, and I would say that this is a guilty pleasure movie. It is entertaining. You, If you've never seen it before, give yourself a chance. Again, it's on Amazon Prime, so is the second one. Uh, and... Just give it a watch, um, at least as of this podcast. I should always say that. When I'm recording right now, it is available to watch. Um, 
Would I have said to watch it before you listen to this? No. You could get a majority of everything that's going on. Maybe I don't get some of the nuances or whatever that, that happened or, you know, like sometimes I always do do things out of order or whatever the fuck it is. But it, it's still an interesting watch. And I think that if you had a group of people uh, and you all sat around and you watched it and you just enjoyed it for what it was and you made fun of it as you were watching, um, it would be fantastic. I think that that would be like one of the best things that you could possibly do with this type of movie. Uh, it's not it's not one of those ones where you're going to be bored. In my opinion, I wasn't bored, um, but there are going to be moments where you're just kind of kind of like, oh, okay, well, this happened. Like if if you're not like you want to just turn off your brain for a little bit and enjoy something uh, that's silly and is horror related and it has some humor that can make you laugh, uh, this is the perfect film for you. So, overall, what do I give it? Well, I give this movie 3 out of 5 snow boobs. Uh, Like I said, it is a guilty pleasure movie. I don't think it's in the echelon of, like, your blood rages or your thanks killings. But I think it's very enjoyable, even, you know, if you've never seen it before, or if you've seen it, you know, previously, and maybe you thought, huh, maybe I should give it another try. Give it another try. You may enjoy it more. And maybe the next time when I'm not watching it to, like, dissect it, I would probably enjoy this a lot more than I did. So maybe even my opinion would go up and bring it up to a four uh, after watching it. Maybe watching it in that setting where you've got a lot of people together and you're just ragging on the film. Uh, sometimes that boosts the film up, in my opinion, and makes it so much better. So, uh, But for now, it's going to be at a three out of five snow boobs. Um, and with that said, we're going to continue on our Christmas. I know, and I hope you enjoyed the little song at the beginning. We're only going to do it for one more episode. I just thought doing something kind of gothic, like wintry for Christmas would be uh, interesting at the same time. We'll go back to the silly music afterwards. But um, for our next film, uh, and this was the one that the guys over at Order of the Hexagon uh, really wanted me to watch first. Um, and after watching the trailer, oh, God fucking damn it. It's Christmas time again in Snowmonton, and they want to get away from it all. It was exactly a year ago that it happened. And that's why we should be somewhere else for Christmas. Another beauteous day in heaven, eh? Welcome to the Tropicana, your last resort before paradise. <laughs> this is a job for Captain Fun! But there's trouble in paradise. Get me the head of island security. Oh no, not the scary dude. Scary dude's already here. You got 18 bodies to explain, huh? Food poisoning. Mutant killer snowman. Jack's back, and he's still one cold son of a. Miss me. Let's get it on. There's something that needs a little Christmas stuffing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm the man. Mm-hmm. Uh. Oh, that isn't the cutest little thing. Oh, my God. Wouldn't mind practicing a little breaststroke myself. Hear that? What's up? The fat lady's warming up. Jack Frost 2. 
Are you ready to scream? <laughs> From Apex Entertainment. So at least it sounds like the voice actor from uh, that plays Jack, as well as the actor that plays Sam, they're both back to do this film. How is it going to go? I don't know. Uh, this was made a couple years after the original. It's not made by the same company. I wonder if it's directed by the same guy and if it's written by the same guy. And we'll find out uh, if it continues the tradition of Jack Frost being entertaining or is it just going to be so horrible that I'm going to want to put a bullet in my brain. Uh, like I said when I started it, it really looks like it's shot on fucking VHS tape. It doesn't even look like it's been transferred to anything. It is also available on Amazon Prime, uh, and you can watch it there. Uh, It's also available for free on YouTube if you do not have Amazon Prime, at least as of this recording it is. Um, And, uh, yeah, so thank you, uh, everybody, for listening. Uh, As always, and it really would mean a lot to me if you guys haven't already, if you could please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. If you have an iTunes account, uh, if you use an Apple-based smartphone, I I know the Apple Podcast app kind of blows and you might be using something like Pocket Cast or uh, one of the many other plethora of podcasting apps that are out there. But if you could go either onto iTunes on a computer or uh, go into your Apple Podcast app that's on your iPhone uh, and leave a review. And for those that are not uh, on those platforms, um, if you're able to go onto Stitcher and leave a review, if you're able to go onto um, Spreaker and leave me comments per episode with things you like, what you don't like, uh, anything constructive criticism is always, uh, you know, something that I like to hear and it really ain't going to be meaning none. Um, you know, I might make me adjustments, but, uh, I still like to know what people think about where everything's going. And I do thank the ones that have been in contact with me. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, T underscore T underscore podcast, uh, on Instagram, terrible terror podcast on the horror amino where, you know, uh, it's also terrible terror podcast, um and that is about oh facebook.com slash terrible terror podcast there are those couple facebook guys uh that are there that i really enjoy uh hearing your guys' stuff and i like that you guys interact with me um and uh if that's the easiest platform that's great um uh, and again thank you to uh order of the hexagon at order of the hex on twitter order of the hexagon.com you will get another shout out in the next episode um and uh yeah we'll leave it from here so uh go ahead and watch jack frost 2 oh boy for the next podcast and we'll see you then bye